The Made to Move podcast is where we explore the science behind human movement and how to ditch diet culture. With the occasional rant or two about the madness within this healthcare system and fitness industry. I'm Christine Ebley, current physical therapy student slash personal trainer and former research assistant. Join me as I break down, reframe, and discuss with my fellow healthcare and fitness professionals as to how and why we've missed the mark. This is where you'll learn why you were made to move, no matter who you are. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the first official episode of 2021. What a welcome we had indeed. Yeah, I'm obviously not here to talk about anything going on politically, but just know that I'm right there with you guys. <laughs> Certainly not something to brush over, but acknowledge clearly this year is not a clean slate from 2020. However, moving forward, many people are trying to heal this year, make their life better, figure out what the heck went wrong, what were the ways that they handled things poorly or handled them well and want to continue to do so. With all that reflection that hopefully most of you have been doing, does come the whole, so what? What are we going to do about it? And New Year's brings on all those answers to that question in the form of New Year's resolutions. For some reason, I guess I intellectually understand it, but I also just don't get it. Resolutions have become a very controversial thing. Like some people are super like, screw it, resolutions. Everyone who does them are dumb. Other people are like, resolution is my life. Let me tell every single person about the one thing or 18 things that I'm doing this year because I'm going to turn into a unicorn and be perfect. <laughs> so yeah, here are my thoughts. New Year's resolutions. If they work for you, do them. If they don't work for you, screw them. It kind of gets exhausting to hear all the opinions and so forth on like these very small issues, especially in light of everything else going on. It's like, why do we need to spend so much time on proving you're right in something that's so personal to each person? I don't know. That's just my thought. Now here I'm going to proceed to talk about how to write a good resolution. So there is irony in that. It has not passed me. But it does work for some people. Personally, I made a resolution Gosh, this was this is weird. Um, senior year of college, and I was like, you know what? I really need to floss more. I know it's very weird, very random thing, and I still now floss every single day. So it like actually worked, and I was like, huh, that's never happened before. So yeah, they work for some people. For those people who it does work for, like one thing that we don't need to do as someone who's in that category sometimes. I'm not saying every year I have a new habit. Like just because we're successful at one thing, why do we get such an ego boost from telling other people like, this is what I did, you should do it and live like me because I did it and I'm great. It's like an ego boost, in my opinion. Did that person ask you? No? Okay, then shut the fuck up. No one's asking me how I got myself to floss all the time until this podcast. I don't think I really told anyone about it. Like, it's it's just weird. Like, who cares? It's my life, my teeth. So yeah, I think that can extend to other areas. And obviously, of course, where I'm going with this is where we see this happen very frequently is with weight loss. Some people like a fresh start and that's fine. And then some people hate it. They feel like they set themselves up for failure and that it's just like another routine thing that they say they're going to do and then don't do and feel like crap about it. And for those people, why do we need to project what a lot of the times feels like a personal failure when, when we don't necessarily stick to our resolution, project that onto others and say people who do resolutions are dumb. Like if it works for them, who cares? If they're making positive behavior change in their life, good for them. Like, don't hate on them because you feel like you couldn't do it. So that's my take on the two different schools of thought there. 
I do think though, like resolutions aside, you really can't get around how goals are essential to getting yourself to a healthy life. Goals in the framework of working towards a habit because habits are health or not, depending on what your habits may be. So bottom line, you can't get to where you want to be in fitness, life in general, whatever, without that forward progression. So whether you sit down and formally write a SMART goal, which we'll get into a little bit, and don't worry, it's not the boring generic thing you think it may be with the SMART goals, but you may want to sit down and write it out and be super formulaic about it. Or you just have like this vague idea in your head and you're like, yeah, I just kind of want to like move in that general direction. And then you end up, you know, working and doing things that get you there. I personally both think of those as a goal. They're manifested very differently, one more formal, one more abstract and loose, but they're both goals propelling someone forward towards the life they want to live. The way I see it, goals need to be a part of life. And I know we talk a lot about goals, right? It's kind of an over-exhausted topic, but people still don't get it. And the reason I know this is because of the amount of time that my education has spent teaching us how to write a freaking goal. And if any of my classmates right now are listening, I hope you're laughing a little bit because we get graded on goals that we need to do because in physical therapy, that's part of the note. You write goals that you want your patient to reach. It's very important because if you're showing forward progression with your patient by hitting the goals that you make and the goals are relevant to what the insurance company thinks is important enough to cover, then you're going to get your sessions covered. Um, So yeah, they're really important. We spend a lot of time on them. We also spent a lot of time talking about goals and so forth in my undergrad, which was exercise physiology, which similar thing, we're looking at goals for fitness. So because of the hours of lecture time at very expensive schools, that we've spent on these and the trouble I continue personally to have with them. I know that the average Joe is not good at doing this and it's actually still worth talking about. So please stay with me here as I kind of go into it a little bit. So SMART goal, what does it mean? Specific, measurable, attainable or achievable. Those are interchangeable, relevant and time bound. So you guys are smart and I think you get what specific, measurable and time bound mean. For myself, I always mix up attainable and relevant. So the attainable part is really hard when you're starting at ground zero, especially with fitness. Let's say you're not an exerciser, traditionally speaking, and then you want to lose weight. You're like, I have no idea what the hell is attainable. You go to the doctor, they say, oh, exercise more. You're like, cool. Um, what? How? What's too much? And then people start to get nervous, which sometimes reasonably so if they have whatever going on. They're like, what? I have no idea what's considered attainable. And then even that barrier in itself can be enough to derail someone. And I'm not putting the blame on it. I think medical professionals have a responsibility of educating them what is realistic and attainable or not. So that's that's an issue, I think, where people usually get stuck. Simple advice, set the bar so low, so, so low that you know you can do it. So low that there's zero question that you can do this. So with exercise, don't say you're going to lose 15 pounds in a month. Could that be attainable for some people? Sure. But if you've never tried to like lose weight or you've tried a million times and never have, that's not realistic for you because you got to do the work to figure out what part of the equation has not been working. So something attainable. This is just off the top of my head. Let's just say I'm going to walk twice a week. Like just do something that you for sure like 100% will do that you almost even feel like isn't necessarily even a goal, but you need to start there because once you hit that, then you can slightly turn up the knob and say, okay, well, I did that, obviously, easy peasy, whatever, turn up the knob a little bit and then see if you can get to that. And you kind of build your frame of reference to see what really is attainable for you. But you have to start out way at the other end of the spectrum where it's not super, super challenging. I say have to. You don't have to do anything, I say. 
This is just a different approach I think might work for some people who maybe get intimidated by a really big lofty goal and the challenge. Some people get motivated by it and it like works really well for them, but I would say that's not everybody. The next thing, and this is where I really screwed up, probably because I thought the R wasn't relevant, but realistic. And I didn't know the difference between attainable and realistic because there is none, but it's relevant. Relevant meaning like, why is this thing important? Like, why is it relevant to you? What significance does this have in your life? Does it get you towards what you actually want and actually value? And then time bound, I don't know, pick a time frame that like makes sense. Don't be like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in two days. You would die. And also don't be like, I'm going to lose one pound in six months. What? That could be water weight. So (laughs) obviously make sure your time makes sense. Okay. So back to using an actual example, weight loss. Oh my gosh. We screwed this up like nine times out of 10. And I'm certainly been guilty of doing this myself. So let me start by giving the disclaimer that I am not anti-weight loss, but I'm also not pro-weight loss. That's the only thing that fitness is. Absolutely not. Some other body positive platforms are very anti-weight loss. That's not me. I think weight loss can be healthy for some people sometimes, and that weight can play a part. It's not the whole pie. It's just a part in achieving someone's health. And I'm just pro-health because see my entire career thus far and (laughs) work towards being a physical therapist. So just wanted to throw that out there and clear things up. Anyways, let's use weight loss as an example, just because it's overwhelmingly the most common New Year's resolution. So that's like the only reason I'm picking it. I could have picked any fitness goal because there are infinite ones that we can choose from, but this is the most common. So yeah. So a five foot five inch female weighs 200 pounds. So that's a BMI of about 33, which would classify this person as obese. Now, obviously there's stuff wrong with the BMI scale, but this is just for simplicity's sake. The doctor says that this person needs to lose weight because they're starting to get higher, not not medication worthy, but higher blood pressure and their blood sugars are a little bit higher than we like. And the doctor says, okay, so eat well, eat five servings of fruits and veggies a day and exercise and seen leave the office. I have no idea what the hell that means. I'm already starting to feel anxious, defeated. I've tried to lose weight before, like eat well and exercise, super generic advice. I know many people have left the doctor's office feeling that way. I've seen it everywhere. If I'm this person, what should my goal be? Traditionally, a trainer, medical professional, like this is a goal I would have written straight out of my undergrad using the SMART goal acronym. S. All right, I want to get to a normal BMI. That's like specific weight is my focus. Measurable. Okay, I want to lose five pounds. A, attainable. Okay, exercising five days a week for one hour. R, relevant. Relevance would be so that my blood pressure and blood sugar is normalized in time one month. So altogether, the goal would read, I will lose five pounds in one month by exercising five days a week for one hour so that my BMI reduces to help me normalize my blood pressure and blood sugar. There's nothing wrong with that. But I am sorry, that is so boring. It just like I'm a medical person and I don't even want to touch that goal. That's so boring, dry, whatever. I'm sure there's a few people out there who love numbers and that's like, yeah, I'm going to do this and normalize all these things. But like, it's just so impersonal. That goal for me, because I'm, I'm this person in this scenario, that would do nothing. In fact, I would look at that goal and already get discouraged. If I had that shit written on my mirror, I'd be like, mm, just another reminder, my blood pressure is getting high. Like, come on. But that's what you see oh so common. 
again, there's nothing wrong with it. It meets the criteria for a SMART goal. If executed well, it would get that person to the goal most likely, but five days a week for an hour, if you're starting as a non-exerciser, that's how we overestimate what we think we can do off the bat and actually stick with. So this is a common mistake and that's why I'm putting it in here. That's not sustainable behavior change. Sue, what are we supposed to do with that? How are you supposed to get excited? I would not buy into that. Nope. Hard no. And why? Why do we feel like it sucks so much and it's just so like, bleh. That's a technical term, bleh. It's because there's no emotion in it. We are human beings and I've read enough books, listened to enough podcasts to know that humans' behavior is driven by emotion. That is not a secret. So we have to tap into something that's emotionally relevant to us. Yeah, it might not necessarily be the most logical thing, but if it's something that triggers us emotionally in a positive way, then that's the behavior that can actually stick. So to make a goal truly relevant, remember R stands for relevant, we must have it hit a positive emotion. Because otherwise, like, I don't care. It can be as logical as I want. Think of smoking. People know it's bad for them, but it's not like relevant to them because they don't think it's going to happen to them, the negative effects of smoking. So we have to hit a positive emotion. Why positive? Hopefully this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyways. Negative emotional grounded goals just lead to self-destruction, obliteration, and shame. Like you cannot sustain them if you're constantly trying to lose weight. So you stop being called fat. Is that a real motivator? Absolutely. But it's so negative that like if you're continually tapping into that negative emotion when you go to exercise or do the behavior that needs to get you there, you're just reminding yourself of all those bad things and emotions over and over again that you're not going to want to do it and stick with it. That's just important. So how do you hit on a positive emotion? Like how do you even figure out how to frame this for yourself? Well, this ultimately and importantly comes down to what you value. What do you really value? That takes a lot of work to figure out. And I recommend going to Brene Brown's website um, on Dare to Lead and looking at some of her downloadables and attachments and exercises. Read the book if you haven't to really get down to like, what are my core guiding values? Not just things I like, because I could come up with like 50 different value words that I find appealing, but aren't necessarily like my pillar statements. So yes, that does take work because I'm this person in the scenario. So I'll use my values. Um, After reflection this year, I discovered that I predominantly value independence and curiosity. What the hell does that have to do with fitness? Well, for me, to form a fitness goal, it needs to somehow center around being independent. And that's actually why health is important to me, because I see it as a form of independence. Um, I'll be able to live longer on my own, all these sorts of things. So I write goals that push that value forward to become a reality for me and live in that value. And that's how that goal becomes relevant hits on that positive emotion. I actually care about it. Write in your values. Secondly, we want to talk about outcome goals versus progress goals. And that's like kind of self-explanatory, right? So the goal earlier, I will lose five pounds in one month by exercising five times a week for an hour. So my BMI reduces to help me normalize my blood pressure and blood sugars. It's all outcome. Lose this weight by doing this one thing so that these outcomes happen. But it's too far in the future because it's the outcome and you forget about all the steps that are really the main crooks of it all with the behavior to actually get you there. Going back to this example, let's reframe. Let's write something that I personally would care about. I would just think of the general statement. All right, general statement, lose weight, okay? That's like the ultimate end goal. We don't necessarily always have to define it very concretely because it could be always changing what that means to someone. 
Um, so I want to lose some weight. So now I'm going to make sure that my goals are about the behaviors, not the outcome, the behaviors that I need to do to get there. I mean, the doctor told me eat better, exercise more. That's all I'm going to focus on. I'm not even going to think about the general statement because I know that focusing on these process goals are eventually just going to get me there. And I'm not going to put any more weight into that general statement of I want to lose weight. The pun was not intentional. I'm not going to give any more leverage or specifics to that statement because I'm getting too fixated on the outcome and not the process of it. So we're going we're gonna to redo the SMART goals using my value of independence and just getting a little bit more realistic on what's a appropriate volume and so forth. So if this was me and I wanted to write a goal that I actually care about and I feel like is focused on the process, this is how I would write it. I will bike three times a week for 30 minutes so that, and this, this is maybe a little dark, guys, but so that if I'm attacked, I will be able to have the cardio endurance to get away safely. Little morbid, but this is honestly something that would resonate with me. Specific, biking for aerobic fitness. That's my goal, right? Not just aerobic fitness, but what am I going to do? Biking. Measurement, three days a week for 30 minutes that hits on the M and the A, I'm giving myself some wiggle room, right? So this is going into the A now, attainable. If I'm not a normal exerciser, which is an assumption, it may not be true, but in this case, let's say it is. So this is a reasonable thing because I'm not saying five days a week and then I miss two days and I'm already halfway failing my goal. And the three days a week would give you more flexibility. If you miss a day, okay, you have other days that you can add it in and like make up for it if you still want to hit the goal for the week. And 30 minutes is much more reasonable than an hour consistently. So R, right? This is where the ridiculousness comes in a little bit. This is ridiculous. I recognize this is ridiculous, but it would be something I would write. Just in my brain, I value independence and fitness in a sense is part of me being able to defend myself is how I view things. Um, that's why I live personally. So like in this case, I just transferred that value that I have into my so that so that I will be able to run away from any danger that I need to um, successfully because I'm fast. And then for one month, I forgot to add that. That's so much more motivating in a weird way because I'm weird like that, but take that kind of thing and make it your own. It doesn't need to be so dry and regimen. If it's relevant, find your value, create that into your goal. And if you can't find a way to do that with the goal you have, then maybe it's not super important to begin with. Maybe there's another thing we can work on that's more important. I think health is pretty relevant for everyone, but the reason that it is is super different. If I'm 75, the reason that I would want to exercise is going to be to stick around to see my grandkids grow up or be able to play with them on the floor. So think about that in terms of yourself. Just because the generic prototype of a weight loss goal looks one way, that has nothing to do with you necessarily. So make it your own. Take control back. You don't have to go through the whole cycle over and over again of, I want to make this change. I make a terrible goal. Don't understand why it's not working. Get all discouraged. Quit by the mid-February. I shouldn't say that's why entirely, but I'm sure that is a part of why resolutions really don't stick. So hopefully going through what a SMART goal can be and also what it can fail to be has been helpful to giving you a framework as to where you want to go with your fitness goals. 
biggest advice is really find your values. And that takes a while. I've been pondering this for months, honestly. And then uh, just a couple weeks ago, I went and sat down and kind of like made a list of ideas, grouped them, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. I hope you guys found value in this episode and I will talk to you again in a couple weeks. Take care. Bye.